Welcome to the Living Library podcast series, in which we explore stories and experiences on topics that we typically don't talk openly about. This episode features Emma Brooks talking about her experience with a hidden disability. To find out more about the Living Library, any of the stories featured, or to book an appointment for your own conversation with one of the books, search for the words Living Library on the hub. Emma, thanks for joining me today and giving us a glimpse into your story. Can you share with us what's the title of your book? Thanks, Rebecca. Um, I've named it after one of my favourite Red Hot Chili Peppers songs. I've called it Scar Tissue That I Wish You Saw. Um, And it's about the hidden challenge of invisible disability. And can you give us a quick overview of your story, Emma? Yeah, the uh, the synopsis really is that I've spoken previously um, to university colleagues in the form of a, a video about my challenges with mental health, um, long-term anxiety and depression. Um, but I wanted to take an opportunity to speak about my experience of uh, living with a condition called fibromyalgia. And why did you decide to become a Living Library book? There's a few reasons, really. Um, I've been really inspired by other people who have been books in the in the library, um, inspired by their bravery and their authenticity. As I said, I've spoken about mental health, um, but I think there is something about speaking about disability and, and especially the hidden or non-visible disabilities, um, and that bringing those subjects into the open helps to reduce stigma. Um, so in, in terms of my condition itself, um, it's something that Lady Gaga has, and she spoke very openly about it in her documentary uh, which was called five foot two and I think there's a great power in that and in knowing that if it's something you're going through then you're not going through it alone. Sounds really interesting and I don't know anything about the condition so I'm hopefully going to learn something by talking to you today as well. Um, So do you have chapters in your story or um, how do you arrange your book? So, yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've given some some chapters uh, in, a, in a sort of chronological order, really. And um, my first chapter is fibro. What did you say? Because uh, certainly when I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, it wasn't a very known condition. I would often have doctors ask me what it was. Um, it's now much more. Uh, readily diagnosed it's much more available there's information available online um, and they actually say now that it affects about one in 20 people so um, one of my chapters is talking through fibromyalgia which is a a long-term condition uh, that causes widespread pain and extreme tiredness Um, I've then got a, a chapter about the power of a name which is really about the point of diagnosis. And that was a a pivotal moment for me in terms of knowing that my pain was real. It wasn't imagined. The the condition is real. It's now got a name and I can refer to something rather than just experiencing a lot of symptoms that don't really connect to any other diagnosis. So the, the power of a name was just that moment where knowing what it was called had such a, a powerful impact. Um, I've also got a chapter called This is a Low, um, and that's the the hardest point, I suppose, uh, not long after being diagnosed where um, the the pain was at its most severe. Um, I'd had to give up a number of aspects of my life, my work life, my private life, my social life. um, And it was the the most difficult time as well in terms of um, mental health um, and, and depression in particular. 
Um, then moving on, I've got a, a chapter called Life with Limits, which is about living with chronic pain and learning to adapt and uh, grow in terms of understanding where my limits are, how to stick to them, how to listen when my body is telling me something. Um, for me, stress is a big trigger, so I always have to manage mental health and um, emotional well-being to, to be to be able to carry on. Um, and then I've got a chapter called How You Can Help, which I think is for a lot of people don't really know how to react when somebody tells them that they have a condition, whether that's mental health or physical condition. And it's just a bit of a sort of what, what works well. Most people are happy to talk. So if, if people are non-judgmental and if they ask politely and actually listen uh, to the answer that the, the person gives them, then that's a, a really good good way to have a good conversation about uh, different conditions that you might not be familiar with. So Emma, tell me a bit more about how, how the condition affects you on a day-to-day -day basis. What does it impact in your working life and your home life? Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a very interesting condition. Um, it's a collection of symptoms, basically, rather than uh, any one thing. But it's um, there's no cure. It's a chronic condition, but treatments can help relieve some of the symptoms. And one of the problems with fibromyalgia is it's very hard to diagnose. Um, so for me, the main symptom is pain all over the body, which is both persistent. So you have some pain all the time and it's also variable. So I can have more severe flare ups and I can have flare ups that, that last for a year or more. And I can have flare ups that last for a week or so. So it's, it's a very difficult condition to manage. Um, the other element is non-restorative sleep. So you can have a full night's sleep but still wake up feeling unrefreshed and fatigued. So it's something I, I have to sort of guarantee I get nine hours a night. Otherwise, I'm, I'm not really productive at all. And then topping up at the weekend. So uh, sleep is a very important factor, especially for me. Um, we don't really know what causes fibromyalgia as a condition. Um, there's some research that it links to abnormal brain chemistry um, and also the central nervous system in terms of how pain messages are communicated through the body. Um, my mum has it. My mum has a, a, a complex group of uh, musculoskeletal conditions. So it's very likely that I had a genetic disposition, um, but it's also found to be triggered by trauma or stress. So um, a series of traumatic events in my life between the ages of sort of 16 and 20 are likely what um, determined that the condition came out at that point in my life. So as I say, it's, it's a myriad of conditions. So anxiety and depression can also be part of it and also IBS. Uh, and for me, I have some other side conditions such as underactive thyroid and sleep apnea. So it's, it's a, a jumble of different symptoms at different times. No wonder it's hard to diagnose when there are so mm. many different presenting symptoms that you have to deal with. And I find it really fascinating listening to you because knowing you in the workplace mm. you are incredibly productive you're very proactive mm. you um you get a lot done mm. and so hearing that actually at the same time you're grappling with all of these symptoms that to different intensities at different times it's interesting and I think there are many people that 
are also dealing with other hidden disabilities. Absolutely. And and, and the term invisible disability can be known as uh, non-visible, hidden, non-apparent. Um, and it's sort of, I, I did some research prior to this, and it is, it's any physical, mental or emotional impairment that goes largely unnoticed. Um, and, and not only chronic conditions such as fibromyalgia or chronic fatigue, but also uh, cognitive impairment and brain injury, the autism spectrum, uh, people who are deaf and hard of hearing, uh, anxiety, depression and other mental illnesses. And it's it's a it's a very complex position. Um, and, and one of the key elements I have in the how to help is not judge because you don't know what somebody else is going through. You don't know that I'm waiting for the lift because I'm doing that because I'm having a, a bad week and I just can't manage the stairs that week. Um, I also say when people are using blue badges, I don't have a blue badge. I'm, I'm, I'm not in, in a severe state of fibromyalgia um, at present, but if you're judging someone who's parking in a blue badge space but doesn't appear to have a disability, um, then it's it, it, you don't know what condition that person might have. Or when somebody uses an accessibility toilet, you don't know what, what condition they might have. So um, there are a whole realm of uh, conditions that people live with and carry out productive and seemingly normal lives, but under the surface they might be going through um, a range of different conditions, symptoms. Uh, for myself, uh, the treatment is long-term medication. Um, I try and avoid pain medication um, because it is something that you can become very quickly reliant on. Um, so I, I only use uh, very low levels of pain medication when I need to. Um, but there has been times when that's been um, a, a much greater level that uh, has been needed. So Emma, in your story, are there any key moments that had more of a profound impact on you? Yeah, there is. There's, there's two really. To, I've, I've identified sort of two key moments. And, and the first was uh, the, the diagnosis that this is a real condition. It's not just in my head. It's bittersweet because it's also knowing that it is a chronic condition, that there's no cure, um, that there's, no one's going to give me a magic pill or a magic injection or even a surgery that is going to help this. It's something I'm going to have to manage and continue to manage for the rest of my life. So although the diagnosis was great news and also a realisation that it's a, it's a very long term aspect that that was life changing for, for me at that time because I'd had to um, I'd had to give up my job. I was a manager in a, a hospitality industry and it was a very physical role and I just had to give up work completely because I'd, I couldn't do it. I'd had to sign up for disability benefits and it, it was just a really difficult time. Um, I'd had to stop going to gigs with friends because I couldn't stand up for that long. You really start to feel the things that you're missing out on. Um, and then the second key moment is, is not too far on from that, which was the graduation of my um, my BA honours degree. Um, and, and it leads on because I had to give up work and I sort of took that opportunity to go to uni as a mature student. Um, I managed to come out with a business degree within two years because of some previous study. And then I went on to, to study HR at a postgraduate level. So the, there was a big the driving force, I suppose, of having to give up work, having to go on benefits, having to think about a completely different career path and, and having to think about a career that wouldn't involve 
physical effort but would involve knowledge and skill and experience so I had to do a lot of realization and I think coming out with with the degree was a real turning point um towards the future that sounds really positive that you've yeah. turned it around and actually you're very good in in my opinion you're very good at your <laughs> job and your career you. so it's a good fit for you I think and um, yes so if someone were to book an appointment with you what could they expect from the conversation Emma? Um, I'm an open book really um, so for me it's it's very much I'm happy to talk about any of the elements that I've mentioned um, here today as as I said earlier um, we believe my fibromyalgia was triggered by a series of traumatic events and I'm happy to talk to people about those events um, in, in the hope that it might be something that resonates with someone else or helps someone to support uh, a friend or family member who's going through something similar. So for me, those events were started by the Manchester IRA bomb in the 90s um, when I was 16 and, and present on the day. Um, I had an early relationship in my 1819 um, where there was a lot of domestic abuse and domestic violence. Um, and then I was also the victim of a stalker. So those are all things that really um, have had an important, long lasting effect on my life. Um, and I think talking about these situations again just helps to reduce the stigma attached to the, the labels that, that are associated with them, um, but also helping people to see how they might be able to support somebody else. I think each of those things you've just mentioned could be could be a story in them. <laughs> yeah, they could, they could. And I think um, because you're open and willing to talk, I would encourage anybody who has experienced similar um, things to come and speak with you. Mm -hmm. I think that would be beneficial for both you and the mm -hmm. other person. It is. And, and it's it's the thing I, when I started seeing a therapist um, a year ago and I said, I need to get to the bottom of some of my anxiety and some of my depression. And I said, I had a really happy childhood. I had a really lovely upbringing. I don't know why I have all these issues. And then you start to unpack them and you go, oh, and then this. Oh, and then this. And you suddenly realize that you, these things that you dismissed at the time or um, for in my case, it was putting them in a small box and putting them on a shelf and just thinking, I, I won't ever think about that again. They actually had a long term impact. And it's only by digging deeper and getting to the the real um, issue at hand is, is how I've then been able to start to address how they impact my life now. Um, so, it, yeah, it, if it helps anybody else um, in terms of their own experience or the experience of a friend or family member, I'm happy to help. Thanks, Emma. That's really great. And thank you for sharing that. Finally, there's a question that I ask all of the <laughs> Living Library books. How would you describe your story in three words? The the three words I've I've put together is that it, it's bittersweet. Uh, it's a bittersweet story, um, and it's about self acceptance uh, and tenacity. Uh, those are the three words I've I've come up with for you. <laughs> Thanks very much for sharing with us today, Emma. Thanks, Rebecca. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Living Library podcast series. If you'd like to book an appointment with Emma, details of how to do this are on the Living Library Hub page. To find it, just search for the words Living Library on the Hub.